1: Welcome back to America First. This is Sebastian Gorka with our guest Chris Baskirk. Follow him on Twitter, The Chris Paskirk, Buskirk. B U S K I R K. Before we get to Chris's take on the Covington ordeal, breaking news. Abilio Jim Acosta is writing a book about Donald Trump. Yippee. Um, Ryan Savedra, now I
2: know what to get you for Now I know what to get you for your birthday.
1: Don't be a wicked man, behave. Um, Ryan Saavedra, great author, great writer at Daily Wire, has got a collection of just delightful tweets after CNN announced this book that, unfortunately, it's called The Enemy of the People. Instead, he should have called it Dear Diary. I think it would have sold more copies. And I'm just going to read one tweet out. A former CNN producer tweeted this out, and I'm reading the direct quote. It is such a dangerous time to tell the truth in America. That Jim Acosta is going to write a book about how dangerous a time it is to tell the truth in America. <laughs> delicious, well, delicious. you
2: know democracy dies in darkness.
1: Yes, as as you're picking up your, your book deal from your publisher. Um, <laughs> right. Chris, um, we have to talk Covington, what it means. Uh, y- uh, on my website, we have an article that, that you published uh, on, on American Greatness uh, two days ago for me my my appreciation of, of what it means but as as the publisher of american greatness what what does that 3 day insanity mean for for conservatives like you and me
2: well it um you know i'm particularly uh focused on uh, on on keeping our own house in order here on the right just in trying to maintain some sort of um sense of perspective for what it means to be uh, an American, somebody living in middle America. And the argument that we have uh, made consistently, the critique we have made consistently over the past two and a half years, is that uh, the legacy conservative media, what we sometimes refer to as conservatism, Inc., all these old journals, or the, the kind of uh, the very clubby nature of it, is really just an exercise in elitism. And that they are tired, they're out of ideas, they're self-referential, and uh, that they don't uh, they don't accurately represent the ideals, the principles, and they certainly don't live out the ideals and the principles that of of your average American conservative. The, the, the deplorable, the people who voted for Donald Trump. And so I look at this video uh, of this uh, of these kids, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year olds. Kids from Covington Catholic in Kentucky, they're up at the March for Life in Washington over the weekend. An admirable thing to do, by the way. These are kids who travel from Kentucky to yes. Washington, D.C. to march to, to join the March for Life. Kudos to them. And this crazy person who turns out to, uh, it looks like this man, Nathan Phillips, uh, a Native American— It comes out of nowhere in what I think is a fairly charged environment. There's a couple hundred thousand people out there, right? So there's a buzz, and you're 15, 16 years old. This crazy person comes out of nowhere and starts beating a drum in your face. What do you do? What would you tell your own kids to do? I think that these kids behaved admirably. They tried to, they did not escalate the situation. They behaved in a way that was much more restrained, conservative, if I may say, and uh, with much more decorum than anybody else. And so what is the first thing that happens from the conservative media? National Review publishes a piece that says this young young man, who's in in this infamous picture, that what he did there by standing there is the equivalent of spitting on christ and his cross yeah this is what national review says it is shameful and they have not apologized they have issued the non-apology apology apology, the old well we're sorry if you felt that way it was maybe a little out of line but i think when you do something like that when you encourage uh the shaming and the doxing of children 15 16 17 year old children you, you can make a mistake i understand that but you need to own that mistake. You need to apologize for that in a way that is as strong and as forceful and as forthright as your denunciation was of them in the first place. And that hasn't happened. So what's the fallout of this? I think that after listening to uh, these very same people for the past two and a half, three years, denounce Donald Trump for for being uh, too temperamental, not having good character, I think this gives the lie to all of that, Yeah. because where is the character from the people who are the character police? I don't see it.
1: I think, I think Chris, you've, you've summed it up beautifully for us. Perhaps this is the last nail in the coffin of the Never Trump movement. Uh, the good news is, according to uh, Brian Saavedra again at Daily Wire – Nicholas Sandman's family has hired a very high-visibility lawyer to go after the media that smeared him and his fellow uh, schoolmates. So stay tuned. You've been listening to Chris Buzkirk. This is America First. Check out American Greatness. I'm Sebastian Gorka, and I have a question for you, my dear listeners. I challenge you to think of at least one thing that you no longer do that you wish you could. Do you miss playing golf, long walks with your spouse, Sleeping through the night. Are you ready to start living without pain? My colleagues and friends here at Salem, Hugh Hewitt, Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, have been talking about their own successful experiences with Relief Factor. Relief Factor is changing the lives of tens of thousands of Salem radio listeners by reducing and even eliminating their daily aches and pains. ReliefFactor.com is full of great success stories, and now I too am on board. Yes, I've started taking Relief Factor, and it works. Now for just 19.95. Relief Factor is, is offering a three-week quick starter pack that could help you live your life with a little to no pain. Go to relieffactor.com to see the testimonials from Americans across the country that are getting their lives back with Relief Factor. Over 70% of those who try it continue as customers. Feel the relief, get back your independence and the freedom from the aches and pains of everyday life. Go to Your calls next will be going to David in New York, Rain, California, and the rest. Straight to your calls. This is America First with me, Sebastian Gorka David in New York, line two,
3: David. Talk to us about Roger Stone. Yeah, so I think the FBI acted very professionally. I'll tell you why. If you do a Google search of Roger Stone and type in Roger Stone and guns and click images, you will see Roger Stone holding machine guns, 9 millimeter uh, handguns. Uh, so the FBI and most law enforcement agencies have a policy. If the person that they're about to arrest is known to be a gun owner or a gun uh, enthusiasts, that they come prepared. So Roger Stone is D- a David, big David, gun- um, that's
1: oh. not actually true. David, do you like guns or are you afraid of guns? Well,
3: I believe that uh, the Second Amendment, but... So, it, so, so David, Let, let's
1: stop here for a second. Um, I like guns, too, and I believe in the Second Amendment. So does that mean that if the police want to interact with me, they bust my door down? Because you'll find images of me online holding guns because I believe yeah, in they- the Second Amendment. You know what you are doing? Do you know what you're doing? You're discriminating. The police do a threat analysis. Having a weapon is not intent to use it As far as I know, there is no record of Roger Stone using a firearm to commit a crime. There are 300 million weapons in this country, which means you could bust the door down of every house in America on that statistic. You are discriminating against people who have guns and who haven't used them criminally. Just because you own them doesn't mean you are a threat to anybody.
3: Can I make my second point real quick? Go ahead. Okay, the second point is the surprise raid on his house. The FBI often does that. When they uh, arrested Michael Cohen, they did a surprise raid. Exactly. Exactly. For a
1: lawyer, a white-collar crime. You do this with Al Capone. You don't do this. You do this with child molesters. You do this with people who kidnap women. You don't do do it with people who are are political analysts and advisors and lawyers. It's an outrage. It's an utter outrage.
3: when they, when they raided Michael Collins' apartment, they found uh, tape recordings of Trump, electronic devices, which was What all is that got to that- do with using guns? What on earth well, are you talking uh- about? Okay, well, my third point is, uh, Michael, uh, Roger Stone, who's Jewish, I'm surprised Roger Stone hasn't uh, mentioned the Nazis, that uh, police came down like Nazis, and I'm also surprised Roger Stone didn't flee to Israel, you know. Uh, oh, people David,
1: who- thank you. We don't need anti-Semites on the phone. Thank you. Drop that call. Uh, let's go to line four, Mac in Texas, line four.
4: Dr. Gorka, it is an honor to talk to you.
1: Now Welcome that's a voice for radio. I like that accent. Welcome aboard.
4: Well, <laughs> not quite as good as yours, but it's... Uh, in fact, uh, I'd be in the minor league, sir, minor <laughs> league. But I, I want to uh, to say that you are you are uh, operating with the spirit of the night that uh, the Battle of Szigetvár. Oh my and gosh! So you know that. your
1: Hungarian history. Good for you. Good for you.
4: Well, I visited uh, Hungary during the Cold War.
1: Oh, but uh, we're not—we're not, we're not yeah, going to ask. We're, we're not going to ask how, but but uh, talk to us, Mac, about what's going on in America. Let's get your take.
4: Yes, well, I'm very pleased that the government has reopened. I'm very grateful to the president for doing that. I wrote him a letter last week asking him to do that because, not so much for my sake, but I am impacted. Uh, I'm a retired NOAA Corps officer uh noah commission corps the uh coast guard and the u.s public health service were not getting paid Mm -hmm. both active duty and retired and uh more for the active duty side uh my shipmates were on active duty go to sea for a living and they want to know that everything is okay at home and it's very difficult to operate when you're out there and lives depend upon your decision and your mind is still back home you know are the wife and kids or the husband and kids uh, doing okay with the shutdown, how's the money holding out, that kind of thing, because there's not a lot of communications on, uh, with uh, your shoreside attachments. And uh, so I'm very, very pleased that he has uh, reopened the government because we will now get paid. Uh, and then they, Nancy, who I can't believe that she was this irresponsible in saying no, no negotiations, not $1, that, that, just, that just undoes the entire idea of representative democracy. Uh, but what do you think? I, I've, I've
1: got to get to more calls, but just tell me, what, what do you think about the situation on the border and border security? If you're, you're happy that people are getting paid, OK, but what about the situation on the border?
4: Well, I'm in Texas and I know for a fact that uh, the drugs are coming across and, and, and I'm going to share with you a very dark secret of mine. My daughter was murdered by a drug dealer back in 2000 and uh, I, I, I I've paid very dearly for the open borders policy. It, it needs to be fixed.
1: So you want you want needing to be fixed. you want the border to be secure, but you want the federal workers to be paid.
4: Yeah, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's an either-or situation. I don't think it's a mutually exclusive set of ideas. It, it is. It, it is for
1: Nancy. I'm. I'm sorry. It, uh, that's the sad thing. It is for Chuck. It is for Nancy. But we shall see. God bless your daughter's soul. Thank you for calling us, Mac. Uh, we've got three weeks to find out. Let's go to line one. Ray in California. Ray. Dr. G,
3: hey, um, I wanted to hey, thank you for being there. I wanted to get your opinion on Trump's move today. I think he did uh, a land for peace move here, <laughs> which originally I thought was stupid for the Israelis to do. But what they did was show that the other side wasn't bargaining in good faith. They had no intention of peace, and I don't think Pelosi or Chuck have any intention of dealing with the president. Right. So he's giving them everything that they want. They will turn around and burn him and then he'll be able to move forward with, with his you know plan. ray
1: a, a jewish friend of mine texted me almost exactly the same thing I, I think there's definitely something here in the president has just demonstrated for the last 35 days who the reasonable adult is. He's behaved reasonably. He's behaved as an adult. And now we're going to see the real Democrats come out from behind the curtain. So, I, you know, thank you for calling, Ray. I, I, I think that really is the ploy. But you've got to add to that another thing, that he gets to give the state of the union from Capitol Hill. This is massively important. Nobody's talking about this right now. But this is the real genius of what the president did today. That he gets three weeks and they're gonna double down. They're going to look even more unreasonable. Then he'll be totally justified in using his emergency powers. And he gets to do what? Have this amazing annual platform to talk about these issues to all of America. The last end of the Union was incredible. Now he will be able to do it again from Capitol Hill. So It may be the smartest move possible, given the intransigence of the Democrats. Uh, More of your calls on 833-33-GORKA, G-O-R-K-A. That's 833-334-6752 here at the refactor.com studios of the Salem Radio Network on America First.